CJCL Toronto. All right. Let's dive in. Leafs had a big deadline. We liked that one. Everybody was fired up about the Leafs deadline. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Raptors deadline? Oh, no. Let us never do that again. Blue Jays deadline, somewhere in the middle, I would say. Right? They get Jordan Hicks. Everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. The fireballer. They had to use him last night, I guess. I was texting with people. He hasn't pitched in a long time. You got to get him a game. Our boy Sammy behind the glass. He and I are texting. Don't really love throwing your freshly acquired fireballer in, in garbage time against a hot hitting team who is completely dialed in and now gets a fresh look at him. <laughs> Didn't really love that. DeYoung is fine. It's, it's a decent addition, decent ball player guy hits for some power for a shortstop. Doesn't draw any walks strikes out actually quite a bit. Strikeout rate is very high. I was looking through it yesterday, like considering his at bats, I think there's only maybe five or six guys with fewer at bats with more strikeouts. But he's he's got some pop. He's right-handed. And he's good Bobochet insurance, who I guess that's the real news of the day that they're not going to lose Bobochet. Um so I, I'm gonna try to be a little measured in this because they they did stuff, right? Like this isn't the Yankees situation where they basically got nada. This isn't the Red Sox who were in a playoff chase and basically didn't do anything. I like that the Orioles added Jack Flaherty. I know he hasn't had a typical season. That's a guy who I think I've always liked a little bit more because he was the rumored Josh Donaldson guy that had the Jays pulled the trigger earlier on Josh Donaldson. They could have had Jack Flaherty. That was always the thing. I've always viewed Jack Flaherty as kind of like a tough guy pitcher. I've just enjoyed him. So I think that he'll be a good Oriole. I hope he's not because it's not like that team needs more help. But yeah, ultimately in the division, the Jays did more work than most of their counterparts. You, it's basically between them and the Orioles. Still didn't do enough. Still did not do enough. And, and this is the part that's disappointing is that they were so close. Had they added Jordan Hicks, had they added Paul DeYoung, and they added a bat, you'd have felt great. The tough part where you have to measure it against is it wasn't exactly like a bunch of awesome bats were flying around. It wasn't a saturated market. Ross Atkins spoke about it after and said that, hey, the, some of the guys that we thought were going to be there weren't really there. Some of the guys that were rumored to be us weren't as actually being discussed with us. We'll take that, you know, at face value. But it's, it's just still disappointing. This team has had a hole for months on the right-handed side. And again last night, they go 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Just again. And, and now, they're 14 of their last 81 with runners in scoring position. 14 of the last 81. And, and now we're having these discussions about internal improvements, and that's all well and good, right? Like, of course, Vladdy's supposed to hit better. Vladdy's been a massive disappointment this year. In fact, I, I would actually argue that I can't remember a time where a star has gotten so off the hook for a bad season here in Toronto than what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing. Like, it, this isn't a good year for Vladdy. He's not supposed to be a, you know, 790, 780 OPS guy. He's supposed to be the stud in the middle of his lineup. So, yeah, are there guys on this roster that are supposed to perform better? Him, Springer, who's in the slump. Varsho, who's been an absolute nightmare at the dish for this team this season. Yeah, of course. But they needed a right-handed bat, and they didn't go out and address that. And now without Boba for who knows how long, long enough that they felt like De Jong was a priority, it's like, ugh. 
your lineup's feeling pretty feeble as you're watching the two guys in the middle slump pretty hard. All of a sudden, you're feeling like Whit Merrifield is the most important guy in your lineup. It's like, ugh, don't love that. So, yeah, I thought that they needed a power bat, I, and everybody did. Everybody thought that they needed a right-handed bat that could come in here and actually plug and play a decent amount, especially with Bo Bichette out. And now you're in a playoff race. Like, you're not in the divisional chase anymore now that you've dropped these two to the Orioles. Like, it's hard to imagine them getting back in that one. But, yeah, just like, how is this team going to use Jordan Hicks if they can't score any runs? I, I thought they needed a psychological boost to the lineup, somebody to just switch things up, somebody to shake up the order and throw someone in there. Anyways, they didn't get it done. The market wasn't saturated with it. But either way, it's it's a failure. They had months to address it. They didn't get it done. Um a man who knows this much better than I do, 16-year MLB GM, former executive of the year. No big deal on that one. Uh, current MLB analyst and insider for CBS Sports, Sirius XM, and The Athletic, it's Jim Bowden. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, J.D. So here's my question. Yeah. Who got traded? What right-handed power hitter yeah. got traded at the deadline that you wanted the Blue Jays to get? That's the toughest one. I would have said that out of all the guys that got dealt, Tommy Pham would have felt the, fit the profile for the Jays, just like a grinder who's had some clutch experience in his past. And But it, it's just so hard to evaluate with this stuff, Jim, because they trade a, a what is he, a 17-year-old kid in the Dominican League to acquire him? and And this is where front offices and this is where baseball becomes so difficult is because however the Mets evaluate that guy we have no idea here in Toronto who that represents right in from Toronto's farm system yeah, he, he's a fringe prospect but probably will never get to the big leagues well right? then that's, that's even he, harder to swallow this this was this this was a little bit of just a dump um here here Sam isn't going to upgrade the Blue Jays I'm sorry he's hmm. just not I, I like I like Tommy I've had dinner with him. He's not going to move the needle. The problem is this market didn't have a lot of sellers. It yep. just didn't. And this and the solution wasn't there for Toronto. And it's not that they didn't recognize they needed a right in their power bat. I don't think there was one that was traded that would have been an improvement on what this team is. And I think you nailed it just before I came on uh, when you talked about the stars at the rake. You want to win Vladdy, Springer, the big boys, Bichette. They're the ones that got to carry this team. Mm-hmm. If the stars aren't going to, if the stars aren't going to do it, then it's going to be an issue. It is. Look, when you made the trade for Dalton Varsho, I said at the time, good defender, gamer, everyone likes him. He's not going to hit. He didn't hit in Arizona. Why do people think he's going to hit in Toronto? <laughs> I, I never understood that trade. I like Gabriel Moreno better. I, I, I wouldn't have done Moreno straight up for Varsho, let alone Lord S. Gurriel Jr. So I, that was my opinion on that. But I do think the Blue Jays had a good trade deadline. I think when you get a power arm like Jordan Hicks and even taking a chance on Cabrera and adding you know, two power arms to the back end, to me, those were good pickups. The De, De Jong pickup I thought was maybe an overreaction to Bichette going down, and they didn't have a lot of time, and they didn't know the medicals immediately, so they reengaged. But, you know, DeYoung, they didn't give up much. And DeYoung is a guy that does have some power. And he does protect you if, for some reason, August or September you have an injury. Because remember, mm-hmm. not being able to do a waiver trade, if, if all of a sudden Bichette or Chapman or somebody gets hurt in August and September, Buddhist really didn't have any depth to be able to withstand it, where at least DeYoung makes the routine plays. You know, doesn't have great range, but he has good angles, and, and he makes the routine plays, and he's got occasional power. Um, I do think he's more of an extra player than I do an everyday shortstop like he was for St. Louis. But you got a good bench piece there, and it protects you a little bit uh, with injuries. Look, this was not – 
unless you were going after the big starters, mm-hmm. th- this was not a good trade deadline to be w- wanting to buy offensive pieces because the Cubs didn't sell Cody Bellinger, right? The San Diego Padres didn't sell any of their guys. They ended up being buyers. So what was the marketplace? The, the, what was the best hitter traded? Jamer Candelario mm-hmm. <laughs> going for a, a fringe left-handed pitcher to the, to the Chicago Cubs. I mean, it was just, I, I just don't think the market was there. And as much as they needed what you're saying, J.D., I don't think that was out there for them. I, I wouldn't have wanted Josh Bell. I don't think that would have fit. So I, yeah, I don't Bell know who else fit. was out there. Yeah, the, the guy so, that was discussed was Teo. And maybe I'll, I'll get your uh, answer on why you think the Mariners ended up holding on to him. And, yeah, a market that was so deprived of bats. I, I guess my thing with Fam is – you know, I, I know he's having a, a really good season, an uptick season, but he would have been third on the Blue Jays and on base percentage the second he that he walked into the clubhouse. Like that's how much some of these guys have have struggled this year. And so, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it's going to be I, internal improvement. I think, that, I think. I think with fam, I don't need to interrupt. Yeah, no, you. go ahead. The thing I think about uh, it's a clubhouse culture thing. Yeah. Rather than could he baseball wise help? I think it's more of it's not a fit in the Blue Jay clubhouse. Hmm. That's interesting. So, that's, so like that's, the same reason the Giants didn't response. want him, and, that's, and I've gotten that from three different GMs. Yeah, uh, the same reason yeah. the Giants didn't want him, right? Is it's the the assault of the player? It, well, it's not that, but I, it's just you know he fits in a certain place, and you have to really mm-hmm. understand him. Okay, you know I, I I like Tommy very much, I do, and I root for him, and he's a tough guy, but he's different. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he would have fit in 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 what Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins like. I, I just don't think it's a fit in Toronto. I think he went. He ended up in a spot where I think it'll work in Arizona with with those young kids. I think it'll work. I'm not sure it would work in Toronto's clubhouse. Hmm. Yeah, and you I got don't a know. tight knit group there. I don't think it would have fit. Yeah, and and right now it, it seems like there's been a little bit of at least buzz of guys not being happy in Toronto. And how could they? There's like Springer slumping and. He just, I, I think he got benched the other night, frankly, because, yeah, he should have come in in a pinch hit yeah. situation and didn't. And so, yeah, maybe adding that element doesn't help. I will tell you this, though, is that Teoscar Hernandez gets along really well with a lot of those guys. Why do you think Seattle held on to him? Because he, he was linked to Toronto for quite some time. Yeah, and and look, I had Jerry DePoto on my show Sunday, mm-hmm. and I said, Jerry, will Teoscar be a Mariner on Wednesday? And he said, I can't tell you that yet. So he definitely shopped him. Mm-hmm. But I think when he made the Paul Seawald trade, the hate he got in Seattle from his players, mm. let alone the fan base, was loud. I mean, they sat there going, we're three games out of the wild card and you trade our closer for three role players? I, I don't think he was prepared after that. I don't think he understood the, the reaction he would get when he made that deal. And if he had sat there and traded to Oscar, then where's, what would Seattle do? Is that just putting up the white flag and quitting? I mean, it's not a good offense. They have pitching to win. They have enough pitching to get to the playoffs. They do. They just can't score runs because they don't make enough contact. They punch out too much. Mm-hmm. And look, Teoscar, you know what he is. Blowout defender, has power, not going to get on base. Good Strikes guy, out a ton. Right? That, that's what he is. Strikes out way too much, which Seattle is, is dealing with. Um, but – you know, would he have been an upgrade in Toronto? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, it, at the end of the day, I mean, they're closer to the playoffs than Toronto is. Well, that's not true, but you know what I'm saying? Well, I will say this is that Toronto dropping these games, to the Orioles and the Orioles just owning them and having, yeah, yep. another one tonight. 
and looking at the Red Sox schedule and looking at the Blue Jays schedule and how Toronto's fared against the American League East, I got to tell you, a few days ago, I was feeling real confident about Toronto being solidified in a in a wild card spot. They go out and get Hicks, and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe the division is in play. I started talking division with people, and now I'm like, hold on to that playoff spot, hold on to the wild card spot, survive. And just a, a quick follow up on the Teoscar thing, though, is okay. Do you think that a little part of the Poto too is like, okay, he's he's feeling the pressure from his players. This is a team that just sold. Blue Jays jerseys at their team shop always has those Blue Jays fans come down and invade. Do you yeah. think that they're like, as a GM, do you feel even that pressure sure. with your group where you go, they go, man, we just played them in the playoffs. We just traded with Teos Hernandez. We're sick of their fans. You're really going to help a team above us that we also seem to be having a, a brewing rivalry with too. Like, does that have, does that play any part in it? I don't think it plays any part in it, but if you're going to trade T.O. to Toronto, you're going to want to win the trade. Yeah. Or at the very least, at very least make your team better when the trade is over, which I'm not sure there's was going to be a pathway for that. And by the way, I still think the Blue Jays can win the division, even Ooh. even the way Baltimore spanked them. I still think there's a possibility. I don't, I think this is a very underachieving team. Mm-hmm. But I look at the starting pitching, um, and I look at the bullpen, and I think the starting pitching will perform the last six weeks of the season considerably better than the Orioles rotation the last six weeks of the season because you have more proven starters that are used to going innings 140 to 200 Mm -hmm. and they don't and i think that catches up to you Mm. i mean that's been my experience in the game for a long time and you know but then toronto's not going to win if the big boys don't perform yeah and and vladdy and springer and bichette and chapman are gonna have to step up their game you can't have Whit merrifield be your best offensive player, which every time I look up, it seems that he has been. Yeah. Thank God Danny Jansen got hot. But you understand mm. my point. Big boys, if the big boys aren't going to – if Guerrero can't be an MVP in August and September, then then wild card is the best you're going to do. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. I, I think the, the problem is that now you're asking those guys to get hot and Bo Bichette's out for an undetermined amount of time. Like, it doesn't appear to be all that bad. Um, Atkins said it was limited structural damage or, you know, uh, they were optimistic about it. They get DeYoung, it's going to be fine for a little while, but yeah, just watching them last night without Bichette in there and Springer in the slump that he's in, boy, it was a a tough watch, Jim. And okay, so, you know, the Orioles add Jack Flaherty, and it's a guy that I've liked in the past. And so I, I guess to round this conversation out about the deadline, do you think that the Jays improved their roster more than anybody else in the American League East? Like between them and Baltimore, who do you think it was? Oh no, I, I no, there, no. I would have. I like the Rays one, Baltimore two, and oh. Toronto three. Okay. I thought the Aaron Savali trade was significant. The guy's made thirteen starts. He's got a two three ERA. He's twenty eight years old. He makes two point eight million dollars, and he's figured it out. I mean, yeah, they gave up a good hitting prospect in Kyle Manzardo, but they've got Yandy Diaz, mm-hmm. and, and they've got um, Xavier Isaac coming long-term. So they're all set. They can afford to trade a first-base prospect like Manzardo, who is going to hit with power. I get it. But Savali, to add him to the rotation, mm-hmm. I thought was significant for Tampa Bay. And then in terms of Jack Flaherty, I've always been a big fan of him because when he was healthy, he was a one. Now, he hasn't been healthy, right? He's coming back from injury, but he's been posting. And look at his ERA in July. He, he, he was good in July. 
and it looks like he's becoming more consistent because he's getting healthier. Mm-hmm. So to add Flaherty and add Savali to them, I think both of them needed a starter. Toronto didn't need a starter. No. But I think both of those starters really helped those two teams. So I like that a lot. And then in terms of Toronto, I love building the back end of the pen. I think Hicks is, is going to help for sure. So, you know, but in terms of how I think the teams improved themselves, to me, it, it was it was clearly uh, Tampa Bay 1, Baltimore 2, Toronto 3, um, Yankees, Red Sox, what did the Yankees do? Middleton, Kenyon Middleton. Mm-hmm. From no, the White I was going to say, you can't really grade them. The Red Sox did Lewis, Urias. Like, I, I didn't want to grade those two teams. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, how, how about the Yankees and Red Sox being the two worst teams in the division, not by a little, but by a lot? That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, this Red Sox series that the Jays have coming up is going to be pretty massive. And again, it's another team that's completely owned the Jays this year. J- uh, the Jays, by the way, are 7-22 and against the American League East right now. So, uh, like oh, it, that's it's, just so disappointing. Yeah, that's it. It's just like, you know, so it's always hard for me to hear, you know, people say stuff like that where you go, the 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 Red Sox and the Yankees are the worst teams in American League East. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe the Jays could beat them once in a while and then push that record up and actually make that conclusive. Because, yeah, the only reason that the Jays are in the position that they're in right now is because they haven't been able to take care of business against the teams that are most important to beat. So, um, yeah, how how would you grade the Blue Jays then? If you had to give them a letter grade for this deadline, what would it be? Um, I, I gave them a B plus. Okay. It's pretty decent. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, look, you, you added Hicks, you added, you added mm-hmm. Cabrera and you added the young. That's you did well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way you get an A is if you've got that big right hand bat you were talking about. Yeah. So, so do you think those two guys you're are in a good place? And the problem with the Red Sox is the Red Sox, all their young players, all of a sudden hit. Yeah. Darren Duran, Tristan Casas. The pitchers are hitting, Bayo is hitting. Like all of a sudden, the, the Red Sox became a much different team than we all thought because all of a sudden, the young players developed at the same time. And they're doing this without Trevor Story. Yeah, the big money guy. So do you think that the front office here is feeling pressure when it comes to job security? Because they, they deviated quite significantly from past deadlines, giving no. up a bunch of future you know control for a rental relief pitcher. No. No, I, I don't think they're feeling any more pressure than everyone feels when you're in those jobs. I, I think when you're in those jobs, you don't feel the pressure because it's a privilege and an honor to be the steward of a franchise, and you do the best you can every day you're at work. And then someday someone else is going to come in and replace you. You can't worry about when. You know, it, it's like life and death, right? We all have an expiration date. We we don't know when that expiration date's going to be. It's going to happen. And the same thing with a GM and a, a team president. You're going to be there. At some point, someone's going to replace you. The most important thing is when you're there, do the best you can for the fans to put your organization short-term and long-term in the best position possible to win world championships. That's what you got to do to the best of your ability, and I believe that Mark and Ross are doing that. Well, if the Jays don't make it past the wild card round or, God forbid, don't even make the wild card, would you expect changes in Toronto in the front office? I would expect changes on the team. In terms of like core players, uh, I would expect changes to improve the lineup, to improve the the overall roster. Mm. You know, they they wanted to balance out the left right, and they wanted to improve the defense. You know, the problem is you need you need in this in this new set of rules, you need athleticism and you need hitters, mm-hmm. you need contact. 
You need to put the ball in play. You need to be able to run because every walk is a double. Every single is a double now. You got to be able to run the ball down in the gaps, but you got to be able to hit. You know, look at the Yankees. They put together that defensive team, and then when their power hitters don't hit, they can't win. And you also better be careful of age because for some reason this industry started to not read the algorithms on players declining in their 30s, and I don't understand why. No, I understood in the PED era because everything changed, but we're not in that era anymore. And for some reason people keep keep thinking people 34 to 40 are going to keep being the same player. Mm. And, and we've got 100 years of data that says it's not true. All you have to do is look at Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pools, or Robinson Cano, or Joey Votto to understand that it doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, the Yankees are looking up. Stanton can't hit. Rizzo can't hit. LeMayo can't hit. And they're all in their mid-30s. And everyone's acting surprised. Like, yeah. I don't understand why you'd be surprised. Yeah, the Yankees like, won. I mean, at some point, at some point, look at the age and say, it could be age and decline. It might not be a slump. Oof. Because you, when all of a sudden your hand-eye coordination goes, you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. That's why all of a sudden a hitter can be done because, again, there's no perfect timetable. Every player is different. Some guys like Adrian Beltre and David Ortiz were able to play in, in the late 30s and still perform. But most guys don't. Most guys' decline starts at 34, and it's real. Well, I have bad news for Blue Jays fans based off of that, is that uh, this September, George Springer turns 34 years old. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's not the case. You know, sometimes you get a resurgence, but mm-hmm. you can't ignore when when a, a guy that's in their mid-30s starts to struggle, you can't ignore age and decline. Look at Jose Abreu with the Astros and the season he had. We saw the decline start last year. Mm-hmm. It is 100% here. And look at the age. Yeah. I'm sorry that I grew up in the game, right? I was, I was in for a quarter of a century. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times – We'd look at the board when this guy started to getting 33, 34. We were looking for the next guy because we knew what was ahead. Yeah. Most uh, of the time. Yeah. I, I guess it just did. When it gets back to the front office, it's a question of how long a runway should you have with a group? Like it's, it's going to be, it's eight seasons of Shapiro and Atkins. And if this group doesn't end up making a wild card round, you start to look at it and go, okay, so you're going to make changes again. You're the same guys that made the changes last year. And the changes were a big Varsho trade that, you know, you didn't agree with. They signed Brandon Belt and Kiermaier. Those two things have worked out. But, yeah, they lost a lot of their power. And, yeah, uh, they've, been rel- they've been unbelievably healthy this year, Jim. Like, they're the number two team in baseball with uh, yeah. da- games so lost injury. Sorry? Hey, I picked Toronto to win the division. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. It's like the expectations here have that's been high. That's what I thought. And and yeah. to to come up I this disappointing. What, what concerns me. What, what concerns me is I don't see the next group of hitters coming. Yeah. Yeah. To to me, that's the most important. I look at when I look at a franchise in 2023. Who's coming? So that's why that why the Mets did smart things yesterday with Verlander and Scherzer. They yeah. got three top prospects. The owner had to pay 90 million for them, but he's got three three impact guys up the middle for the future to build. You 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 got to be able to have those young hitters come. He's a young players a young players game this day and age. All you got to do is look at Baltimore, Cincinnati, Arizona, and Tampa to understand the formula that works. You're not going to be able to buy yourself a world championship. You're not going to be able to do it. Mm. So you, you got to figure out in your system. I would be more concerned about why don't we have more hitters coming in our system than I would be worrying about aging players on my big league roster. And I would try to figure out how can I get younger. You know, how can we draft better? How can we sign better international players? 
Why don't we have better position players? Why don't we have more players in the top top 50 prospects in baseball? That's the area that I would concentrate on because that's how you win championships. Trade a lot of those guys away. The guy who was here before them was pretty heavily criticized for doing the same. Uh, now here the Blue Jays said, Jim, I, I know you got to run. I always really appreciate the time. I really appreciate the perspective and insight. Um, have a great show today yourself. Thanks, JD. Appreciate you. Take care, man. Uh, there goes Jim Bowden. Uh, 16 years as an MLB GM, former executive of the year. Like he said, spent a long time doing this. Okay, so a bunch of thoughts off of this. One is he's right. This, this is the hardest part to criticize him about is that you go, well, J.D., who are they supposed to get? Jim knows Tommy Pham. There were teams like the Giants that said, we're not having anything to do with you. That part of the equation was completely left out of discussions about Pham when everyone was throwing his name out, like leading up to the deadline. Get it. The Mariners thing feel like he just explained that one too. Makes it harder and harder and harder and harder to do it. This is the problem. It's like anything in life. When you leave everything to the last minute, stuff can go bad. One little mistake ends up biting you in the ass. Mm -hmm. This was not a new problem. It was an exas, uh, exas, no, no, Joe, exacerbated (laughs) Joe. That's what I said. said No, you you said exasperated. And then I said exacerbated when you shushed. No, but then that was wrong too. What you just said, you're doing it wrong again. Oh, exacerbated by the Bobochet injury, that this offense is just kind of in the state that it's in. But they had so much time to figure something out here. It was an absolute seller's market. I understand it. And, and to their credit, this, this is something that they've addressed in the past. When the bullpen was trash a couple of years ago, they went out and they made moves. They got Trevor Richards, they got Adam Simber, and both those guys really helped. And they needed to do the same thing. And so I, I just can't sit here and say, Oh, well, nobody would have impacted this team when right now they've still got Espinal. You know, they've still got Kevin Biggio. It's hard. It's hard to see somebody who's a right-handed bat that couldn't have stepped in here. That wouldn't have been an upgrade on those guys. I'm tired of watching Kevin Biggio strike out. I'm tired of feeling zero confidence about Espinal when he steps to the plate. I, I don't need to have any more games when there's an injury where they add Ernie Clement to the roster. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not the uptick superstar splash move that Jordan Hicks was, right? The game changer thing that I mentioned yesterday and Teoscar Hernandez, I, you know, I can't kill him for that. If Depoto took him off the table and said, I don't want to mess with my team. I don't want to piss these guys off any further. I got to try to keep this clubhouse together because we're actually still in it. And maybe these American League East teams eat each other alive and trade a bunch of games and we've got an opportunity to go on a run. Fine. Even though what we're saying is the number one thing they need to get rid of was strikeouts. And, you know, the guy who I'm pretty sure leads the league in strikeouts is Teo. Teo, yes. Yeah. 143. Yeah. Guy is up. Strikeout machine right now. Yeah, 143. But like I said, if we're going to play the game of go around the clubhouse and celebrate the Jordan Hicks acquisition and have those guys go, this is what it means to us. It shows us that we're in it and blah, 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 and have all that, you know, pomp and circumstance about the psychological effect of adding those guys. I have to believe. And and this is again, on any walk of life situation, you bring somebody in who is got some expertise at something into a group that is not doing well. And maybe it changes everybody. Maybe people pick some stuff up around the guy. Maybe they change their approach just a little bit. 
And and that's the way that I'm feeling about the Jays. The, the runners in scoring position thing, I, I don't know how at this point you can't say that some of it isn't psychological and that it wouldn't behoove them to have a new guy in there that can hit from that side. And I'll tell you this, you know, he, Jim's talking about the they're not feeling the pressure of the job security and that this is a group that is just trying to, you know, be, be stewards of the franchise and that the roster will get changes. They don't make the wild card or they lose because they can't hit left-handed pitching. They get into a playoff game against a lefty and they get shut down. A wild card game. That's that's going to be a really really tough look. That's going to be a really tough look. The, the the problem I have with criticizing the front office is that you look at it and they go, man, we paid George Springer. You guys didn't all want that? I'm like, yep, we did. Didn't you guys all know when we were going to pay George Springer that it was going to come with that extra year tax that we had to pay Ryu because this is Toronto and that's one of the challenges of this place? Yep, we remember that. Okay. Did you guys think Vladdy was going to be this guy? Did, did you think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was going to be a sub-900 or sorry, sub-800 OPS guy? Do you think Vladdy was going to only have 17 bombs? And we all would have said, no. N- no, we, we, we didn't see that happening. Sorry. Vladdy's got to get hot. And, and now this is going to start to shift because the front office can't do anything anymore. And, and I know we all get distracted by this. I get distracted by this. And, and it's a two things can be true situation. Do I think that the front office should have added something? Yes. Do I think that it was a disappointment that they weren't able to figure out a real hole in their lineup? when it was apparent for a very, very long time? Absolutely, I do. Should they be accountable for that? Absolutely, they should. But man, the guy making the big bucks, George Springer, you got to start feeling like a star again. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who we once talked about being the face of baseball. Obviously, they can't control the Shohei part of this, but it's like, man, you were a runner-up MVP a couple of years ago. And since then, it has not been that. It, it just hasn't. They need Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to step up. And now it's feeling, well, not really Leafsy because the Leafs players always have a lot of success in the regular season. But it's like, yeah, you're going to have to start showing some star power here if this team can actually make something happen. The problem is we're, we've got such a sample size now of not star power, not superstar power outside of home run derbies that it's it's hard to have a lot of faith in that. And especially when you add the Springer part of this, which is like, yeah, he's going to be 34 in September. Like he's a month away from his 34th birthday, and Jim Bowden just said it. Got 100 years of data telling us that that's not good for baseball players. Although good old Brandon Belt continues to still find a way, even though he strikes out a ton too. 35 years old. Yeah. Anyway, it's just... <sighs> I... I I like adding to the bullpen. It's awesome. And this team is going to be in tight ball games because they can't score. But man, oh man, it's going to be frustrating if they're using a bunch of these Jordan Hicks regular season innings when they're trailing baseball games. And when they're in these battles against American League East teams and you're going, well, we got to pitch them today. The way that they did yesterday. That is just an absolute nightmare. They, the offense has to be better. This is, this is just not sustainable to continue to hit this way. 14 of 81. Again, I'll say it one more time. 14 of 81 with runners in scoring position. They're third worst in the majors. The only team's worse. Joe. The Royals and the Athletics. Bad. (laughs) So incredibly bad. 
And yesterday it was just even funny, even like the when they were in garbage innings and the game was over and they, you know, they get a runner on second and yeah. the top of the earn. order is up. Big earn. And I'm like, okay, guys, just do this for the stats. Do this to get off the offer, you know? Yeah. Just one of you three bang one in here. No, over three. You just feel it was funny too because the broadcast didn't even mention because they're just they, those guys got to be so exhausted about saying over and over and over again and yeah no runners in scoring position it continues to be an issue for this team anyway they're over um, seventeen against Baltimore in these two games I, I think that there's an incredible amount of pressure down the stretch here on the front office um, again that the the path for them to be criticized is very clear like they they have Springer stay in the slump they struggle against left-handed pitching. Because they just like there's not a good way to balance out their roster now uh, against that. Like it just isn't. They've got too many lefties on this team, and yeah, one of them. It would be fine if Varsho would have you know not been, uh, yeah, an absolute nightmare at the dish, but he is. So you got to basically accept that. And and yeah, Bowden kind of laid it out, which is why did you expect him to become something that he wasn't when he's what 26, 25? 26. Yeah, he's twenty six years old. So it's like, yeah. All right, fine. You thought there was something more there. You were wrong. Tough one. But yeah, then there's going to be a ton of pressure on Vladdy. I think that that this is going to become a bigger and bigger and bigger story. Because it, it just has to be. Like, this guy needs to carry this offense. Bo Bichette is not there. There's no waiting for Bo. There's no attention for Bo for a couple of weeks. If he continues to struggle, he continues not to just, you know, put the ball out of the yard. I, I Yeah. People are going to start to get critical. I think that it's going to start to change a little bit, and it's not going to be just all happy vibes all the time. It's going to get harder and harder to see commercials where it's like, Vladdy's just happy all the time. You're like, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe hit. Maybe get on base. Maybe stop grounding out to shortstops. That would be great. Anyways, all right. Quick break. I do want to talk about Ryu. I do want to talk a little bit more about DeYoung. But, yeah, that was tough to hear Jim t- say that two teams in division he views getting better. And two teams, and and they got luckier because they needed starting pitching, and there was way more starting pitching than there was, like help mm-hmm. at, at bat, yeah. which is odd considering that's not usually the case, right? Starting pitching is usually the big time premium; it's tough to come by. And you saw the names that were flying around. It's like, yeah, Scherzer's gone, and Verlander's gone, and Flaherty and Savali. Who, yeah, I, I got to admit, I always forget about. I I saw the Savali move and. My brain doesn't register it as like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's a real sexy move. That's a real good move for them. It's just well, like Guardians oh, yeah. raise action. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah, Guardians raise trade, <laughs> sexy stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that's two teams in a division that are ahead of them that you know really help their areas of need. Well, and the Sox are only a game and a half back, right? And they got uh, a three yeah, game set coming up against them. So. <laughs> no, no, that's that's honestly that's going to end up, I think, being maybe the season. A couple of years ago, 2021, when the Jays missed, when they played the Yankees, remember, right at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole versus Robbie Ray. The duel of the century, the <laughs> duel for the Cy Young and a playoff spot. And now the Jays, I think, find themselves in a pretty similar position with the Red Sox. It's, it's earlier, obviously, and they'll have time to make that up and anything can happen and blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's going to be pretty deflating around here. And it's going to be pretty hard to believe that they're... Yeah, going to hold on to that spot if they drop another game to the Orioles and then lose a series against the Red Sox. And then you still don't know when Bo Bichette's going to be coming back to try and save you, try to put the entire team on his shoulders, the entire offense on his shoulders. Him and Whit Merrifield. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm not with Bowden about the division still being in play. I think that's done. 
I, I think that you, your chance was this series against Baltimore to kick their ass and you didn't do that. They kicked your ass. They're seven and they a half just, games back now. Yeah, they they just slapped you around in your own ballpark in front of your fans. And I'm going tonight, and I got to tell you, boy, <laughs> it, it, if it's another one of those, don't let the camera find me. You know, <laughs> like don't, don't, don't let me get caught on camera, please. Uh, I'll just be sour. memed into oblivion. <laughs> I will never survive the memings. Anyway, quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk about Ryu. All right, the news of the day has shifted. <laughs> According to the Canadian press, alcohol consumption is now allowed in 27 Toronto parks. Mm-hmm. Until October 9th. This is only a pilot program. Pilot program. It's a, it's a pilot program because we need time to determine whether residents in this city who have been drinking in parks for as long as I've lived here, but also <laughs> in, in much bigger numbers since the pandemic, can control themselves, mm-hmm. can find a way to behave. You behave. Mm-hmm. Behave within we've the got, guidelines. We've got a couple of months here, people. Everybody be chill for just a couple of months until the pilot program's over. And then go back to just your outrageous... Park experiences. There was, honestly, there's so many dark things looking back on the pandemic, so many things that just did not hold up. But I'll never forget being on the right side of history with all the rich suburb people that scolded all the young people who went to Bellwoods. And they were like, they were peeing in the park. They peed in there. They had alcohol outside and they were peeing in there and there was some garbage that was left. As they had their cocktails in their backyards with their swimming pools. That was a nice time. That was a fun time. You, you people that got outraged about that, it's good, good luck for you. I'm sure you don't regret that one. Um, yeah, let people drink at the park. I live near a big park here in the city. I enjoy being able to go over there, sit down on a sunny day on the side of the hill and crack a beer. Mm-hmm. And it would be great, just great, if it was not possible for someone to give me a ticket for that. It would be awesome. Really, really nice. And I know, I don't think that there's been a ticket issued in 2023 for drinking in a park. I think I read that somewhere when they were discussing this. But it's just hilarious that this legislation already came up and they decided not to pass it. They were like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot trust you adults with alcohol in parks. Outside, be inside. You gotta get inside (laughs) if you're not inside. Again, this is a city that's completely built on patios, too. Yeah. It's, that's the entire thing to do in the summer. What do you want to do here in the summer? Uh, give me five activities that you do that do not include uh, alcohol. You know, it's uh, impossible. No, it's a, <laughs> just a drinking city. Yeah. You go to a patio, and you drink. You go to a park, and you drink. Jays you go, game. You go to a Jays game, and you drink. Uh, what do you do? Like, where do you go? What do you, what do you Toronto do? Toronto Island, you drink. Yeah, you go to Toronto <laughs> Island, you drink. And it was like the idea that it was like a park. Ooh. Go to the X, you drink. Yeah. Like one of, okay, I don't think that there's a lot of, I, most of the things that people say are quote unquote Canadian, like you're so nice. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't think, really? I met a lot of Canadians. I don't think most of them are nice. All right. I think that people are polite to a degree. Right. Quietly. I think Canadians, you know, do a lot of trash talking in the <laughs> shadows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't think that's nice. Inferiority I've, I've traveled the world. Nicest people are Australians. Okay. Like, not even close. I, 
could not disagree. But anyways, <laughs> I, <laughs> hold on. Don't get me in trouble. Don't say it. What I do think is Canadian is not being nice. I think it's most people here don't want to bother other people. They don't want to create a ripple. They don't want to create a wave. You they want to make conflict. sure that it's just, yep, that you're not bothering anybody else. We're good at the golden rule in terms of treating others the way that you would want to be treated yep. when it comes to public settings with strangers. And that's why people think we're nice is that when we go to a resort, we're not usually going to be the ones that are just like, loud I paid good money to be here. <laughs> like loud obnoxious. I paid, this and... is my place to be. Yeah. That, we're not that. We're kind of... That's why, in fact, it infuriates me because there's often times where you'll see someone who, if they are doing something in public, that is absolutely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Nobody steps up and says anything. Everybody's right. quiet because everyone's frozen. They're going, we don't know what to do in this situation. <laughs> there's a person that's doing a thing that we're we, not used we to. We don't want conflict. This person isn't falling in line with the thing. What do we do? <laughs> we're lost. We have no clue what to do there. That's what Canadian is all about. <laughs> that's our... That's our number one thing, baby. I'm sorry. It's not maple syrup. It's not beavers. Polar beavers bears. used to be. Used to, beavers were a big deal, but no, not anymore. Would you say polar bears? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not polar bears either, Joe. <laughs> Moose. It's not being nice. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I think you're 100% you're right. Yeah, I know I am. I know I'm right I about hate this. saying that. Though. But it, is it not bothering other people considered, like, nice? Like, does the, couldn't that yeah. fall into the same no, category, that's, though? No, they're, they're not synonyms, but they're adjacent. Mm, okay. And so that's the thing. They can, you can confuse someone with not bothering them with being nice. But then they get home from that thing like, you wouldn't believe you. <laughs> trash talking <laughs> That's what I mean. It was like, they go back to the pandemic. Everybody fell in line with everything, every single thing, all the time. We were like the number one country of just like fall in line. Yeah. And then what were all of your conversations like in private? Bad. These are way too much. What's going on anyway? This is getting pretty crazy. <laughs> that, that was it. Everyone's doing that thing, man. We know what I'm talking about. Anyway, yeah. so drinking in parks, legal, sweet. Thank God. Uh, again, it's already one of those things that's weird. It was like weed here where everybody was smoking weed for a mm -hmm. million years and no one was getting in trouble for it. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, it's legal. legal. And we celebrated that. We're like, yeah, but just do the same thing with drinking in parks. Yeah. What are we doing here? We're, we got a huge drinking culture in Toronto. It's a, it's a city that, again, is completely predicated on, hey, where are you going to go for a drink? Yeah. Uh, either a patio or the island or, yeah, you go, you name it. Yeah. So let's just end this stupid stuff. Like, yeah, yeah you shouldn't have to tuck your beer under a thing. <laughs> and, and you know what? Fine. If someone's being a jerk in the park and they're hammered, and they're doing it at an inappropriate time, do something about it. <laughs> Don't just ignore it like we all do as Canadians. So anyway, uh, good for them. Pilot project. Till Pilot October project. 9th. I, there's a sick part of me that wants them just to revoke it and be like some snot, you know, some snotty politician. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I went to a park and I saw I people. Disgusted. And one guy went to pee in a bush. And that's where the squirrels pee not the humans <laughs> I, I can also confirm that yeah. no tickets have been issued for yeah, public yeah. See, there we go anyway all right back to the blue jays mm -hmm. um by the way uh, i'm gonna do best bets again tonight heading down to the park so make sure you follow on twitter and instagram at jd bunkus uh yeah gonna have stuff there all week gonna get back into the the gambling groove here uh i got cooked on ufc over oh. on saturday oh i got i, I had blouch uh blouch 
Blahovich. Blahovich. Wow, that's it. Yeah, Blahovich. My God, it took me a second to get there. He <laughs> won that fight. He just, Israel Asanya's right. He sat down against the cage. He was gassed at the end. He yep. cost himself the win. Guy had three takedowns each round. was top control for most of it. Mm-hmm. The strikes like weren't that different. Yeah, it was stupid. Like that. that was, a, that was a, another bad decision. And that's that. you always are a little scared when it's the guy the UFC wants in a tight fight. You never feel like that one goes your way. But mm-hmm. either way, uh, he should have stood on his feet. And instead, he was out of shape. And that's a, that's the, that's a wrap for Jan. Anyway, um, got killed on UFC. Been back doing okay on baseball. And I've been avoiding the Jays recently. So... Take that for what you will. Tonight, we'll see. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm living in fear for tonight. It might be a happiness hedge night. Anyway, um, the Ryu thing was the, the one positive from yesterday. I, and I know that the start was, oh, the, the start, the old phone started, bing, 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 bing. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was abhorrent behavior by Blue Jays fans, I got to tell you. I know everybody's frustrated. I know the deadline passed and people didn't get what they wanted and we're tired of getting, you know, our asses handed to us by the Baltimore Orioles. But for him to get the Bronx cheer for his first strike on batter number three, rude. That was rude behavior. <laughs> We're better than that. And I'm a, I'm a person who endorses booing. Like, I'm not one of those, you know, clutches at pearls sports guys or gals who does the whole, like, they're trying their best. How does the booing help? <laughs> like, shut up. You've obviously not paid for tickets for way too long yeah. if that's your position. I'm sorry. You've been in a press box for way too long. You've been not going down to any stadiums. It's it, it just fine. Stay out of it. You don't know what it's like to be a fan anymore. So don't involve yourself in the discourse. The players, do you think that this helps? Yeah, I do. Because I did it. <laughs> Actually, I do. Yeah. yeah it, it's just like, yeah, you're sorry, doing it. It's fine. It's fine to boo. Booing is fine under the right circumstances. The guy hadn't pitched in 14 months. The Like... He was a Cy Young runner-up mm-hmm. the one year that he was fully healthy here. Yeah. By all accounts, he's just the coolest dude. And I, I still, like, I saw him coming out, and I was fired up to see Ryu again. Yeah. I love Ryu. Ryu is my guy. Yeah. And oh, you see the number 99, yeah, and it's like, it, let's it just, go. It hurt me to see him get absolutely <laughs> tattooed the way that he did as soon as he, as he began that start. Yeah. But, man, like... Can we give him a second? <laughs> Can we give him a second? Bronx cheer, first strike. And then another cheer when he got the out. So it was like a double Bronx cheer. It was a sour crowd. It better yeah. be nicer there today, all right? Let's all be polite. Let's all see, we're not nice. No, Proof. We're not. <laughs> we cheered the Kevin Durant injury and we booed our own guy, basically, who was coming off a 14 month injury. It's not a good resume. Yeah. Oh, no, it's so nice here. We're all the nicest people who ever lived in Nice Land. Uh, anyway, um, and, and like, what did what did the Blue Jays ever do to Ryan Mountcastle? He's nice. the greatest player in the world against them. Yeah, he's, he's an absolute superstar. Yeah, he's got such a good name too, Mountcastle. Ryan Mountcastle. Every name. time he hits one, I'm like, yeah, duh, he's Mountcastle. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't read, you didn't see his name. He's a hulking dude named Mountcastle. I'm sure his life is all he right. Rakes. He's probably doing okay. He's probably yeah. fine, just fine. Anyway, yeah, sucks. But uh, okay, the Ryu thing though now does present. Something because Kikuchi's going tonight. I hope he performs well, but it would be pretty weird if, you know, Kikuchi has a rough start and he ends up being the guy that gets bumped. But you want to see more what you have with Ryu. Like you have to. Mm-hmm. I, I know that start wasn't brilliant, but there was old Ryu there. Even to finish the first inning, the curveball that he threw with the sink on that one to get the, the, the punch out, I went, oh, mm-hmm. sweet. Love to see that. 
I, I just the way I'm looking at it right now is is the it's not a bubble situation with Manoa, but like why why is he not in a competition with Manoa and R- Ryu? Like Ryu, Manoa, Kikuchi, these three guys are in the mix, and like you're looking for one of them to step out and still be a stud. The other two guys are completely, you know, or sort of the other three guys, they're they're already out of the mix for this. Like they're they're locked in for who they are. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I think that it's gonna be an interesting kind of healthy competition with those three down the stretch. But you can't do the full six man because you gotta win these baseball games. Like you're you're not in a position to do too much trial and error. So I do wonder what the the leash is on everybody. Anyways. Um, not going to do pod today. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Got a busy day. I'll be back tomorrow with good hour where Ennis and I are going to break kind of everything down and I'll, I'll hit all these points with him. Anyways, subscribe to the podcast, follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus. I'll see you tomorrow.